Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Think no evil, speak no evil, show no evil. One of the characteristics of godliness is a good and pure thought life. It's a good and pure thought life. A few weeks ago, during the Wednesday night Bible study, we talked about um, uh, our thoughts and how we think as it relates to our worldview, our, our system values, uh, our attitudes, concepts that govern how you look at life. But today I really want to focus on something a little different. I want to focus on the day-to-day aspect of a godly mind. The day-to-day aspects of a godly mind. Now before you speak or act, you should think. Maybe I need to say that one more time. Before you speak or before you act, you should think. I just let that marinate, Chris. That's that point of emphasis in communication. Quiet. Because what we've learned is that if you can control your your thought life, you'll be able to control your speech and your actions. Jesus talks about this, that if you hold on to my teaching, in John 8, 31 and 32, he says this, if you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In Christ, in Christ, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. In Christ, you are free from sin, free from your past, and free to now think good, pure, positive thoughts. With Christ's help, you can control how you think. I said, with Christ's help, you can control how you think. When a wrong thought comes into your mind, when a wrong thought comes into your mind, you can simply say, I reject that thought in the name of Jesus. And you'll instantly be free. I'm telling you because this thing is powerful. Listen, yes, you can't control what comes to your mind, but you can control what stays in your mind. All right, let me not stay on that too long. Let me make sure that I get through these points. See, Christ gives us the power to think right thoughts. And we too, however, have but... I, I, I think that a lot of times we kind of just leave it at that. But we have to understand that we have a responsibility in this process. I said we have a responsibility in this process. So your mind feeds on what your eyes see. Your mind also feeds on what your ears hear. And if you feed your mind with negative or sensual or unwholesome books and magazines or TVs or sites on the internet. Let me tell you something. It will be hard for you to think the right thoughts. 
So you got to watch what you feed your mind. Look at somebody and say, watch what you feed your mind. Because see, when you, when you were born again, when you accepted Christ into your heart, now that he is within you, giving you the desire to hear good things, as you cooperate with Christ and are careful to feed your mind with good things, you are, your thinking patterns will change. Your thinking pattern literally will change. But you have to cultivate the right thought life. And then when you begin to cultivate the right thought life, you'll begin to demonstrate godly speech and godly actions a lot more consistently. A lot more consistently. How, how many people, if you're honest, I like this song, if you're honest. <laughs> if we are honest, how many people say, you know, I can go a good three days, good. But right about that fourth day, <laughs> when somebody does something to me, I feel like I've, 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 I've earned a, a, enough good merit. <laughs> Y'all ain't saying nothing on this. So let me talk to this side. I feel like I've earned enough good merit to where I, 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 I should go ahead and just get him a piece of my mind. God understands. He'll forgive me. But I believe God wants us to be consistent every single day of our lives. Not that we're going to be perfect, but let me tell you something. There should be an effort of striving. Somebody come on and say something in this place. So what kind of attitude should you have? That's the question. What kind of attitude should you have? We're going to talk about this right from the Word of God. Let's go to the book of Philippians, the second chapter. Um, we had Sister Portia, I was talking about this a few weeks ago in Bible study, and Sister Portia, she, she, she was reading my mind, and she picked up exactly on what I was uh, trying to find. And this is just a little reading. I found this reading uh, some time ago, and it really just, it, it, it just stuck with me. Um, but let me just read this to you, because it really goes in line with what we talked about, uh, or what we're talking about today. It says, watch your thoughts for they become words. Watch your words, for they become actions. Watch your actions, for they become habits. Watch your habits, for they will become your character, and watch your character, for it will become your destiny. It will become your destiny. Let me tell you something. We have to watch how we think. So, book of Philippians, chapter 2. If you have it, indicate by shouting amen. 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 If Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 5. What kind of attitude should we have? Philippians 2 and 5, it says, let this mind, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. <laughs> this mind be in you. What kind of mind did Christ have? He had a mind that was focused, first of all. He didn't let anything take him off focus. 
He was determined. He was keyed in to his purpose and destiny. He didn't, even, he didn't even let people speak forth things before it was time for them to be revealed because he was focused. Somebody say focus. We have to be focused. It's one of the things Sister Lisa always says. Come on, we got to get focused. We got to get focused. She's always telling the worst thing. Come on, get focused. Get focused. We have to stay focused. So, if the Bible is telling us in Philippians 2 and 5 to let this mind be in, be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, well, what type of things was going on in Christ's mind? Well, let, let, let's go over to the book of Colossians. Colossians is one book over, and let's look at chapter 3. I want to go Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And let's talk about the sorts of things that we're to set our mind upon because these are the very things that I believe Christ had his mind upon. Look at this, Colossians 3, verses 1 through 5. I'll read it. If, you, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Set your mind on things above, not things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Now watch this. What do we got to put to death? These are five things, or oh, I'm sorry, these things found here in verse five is what you are to put to death from your thought life. Watch this, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. I think these are all things that if we really look at them, that we are to put to death from our mind. And it speaks to every level of wherever we are in our life. See, sin, sin is the very thing that you have to keep out of your mind. Because whatever goes on in your mind, listen to me, people of God, what goes on in your mind will eventually happen in time. That's why it's so important that, that we think on the right, think on the right things. And we're going to get to it in scripture. But you have to watch your thought life. You have to watch what it is that you're dwelling on day and night. So, so okay, Pastor, you just showed us what things we should not be thinking on. What things should we be thinking on? So let's go back to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Now, if you got a highlighter or if you got a pen, you know, I, I would encourage you to just start marking that Bible up. You know, highlight, circle, underline, whatever you got to do, because these are, these are scriptures that, will, that, that, that as you learn them, as you hear them, you learn them, you get them, and then you begin meditating on these scriptures throughout the week. Write these things down. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. 
Finally, brother, watch this. Oh, don't miss this. Finally, my brother, whatever things are true. Mm. He's telling you these, he's telling you what, what to really think on. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report. Now, here's the qualifier in all those things. Don't miss this. If there is any virtue, and if there is any praiseworthy, anything praise, meditate on these things. See, it's interesting here that Paul begins to qualify even those things that were listed above. Because see, there could be some things that are very true, but there's no virtue in it. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. There could be some things that are very, very true, but it's not praiseworthy. And see, a lot of times we get caught up in, oh yeah, this is true, I'm giving you the facts. I'm not gospel, I'm giving you the facts. But is it praiseworthy? Is there any virtue in what you're sharing? Is there any virtue in what you're thinking on? This is the qualifier here. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, these are all wonderful things. See, there's a whole lot of lovely things that are not, that don't have any virtue. Whatsoever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things. Let me drive this point home a little bit further. Let's go back into the book of Psalms. Psalms 119. Psalms 119. Psalms 119. And we're going to look at verse 15 and 16. 119 of Psalms. It's, it, it is noted as the longest Psalms or the longest chapter in the entire Bible with 176 verses. It comes on the heels of what is known as the middle of the Bible, Psalms 118. I don't know if that's true, but I read it somewhere. And it, but before 118 was the shortest chapter in the Bible, which is 117. It only has, I think, one or two verses. But if you look at, one, at 119, verses 15 and 16, it tells us what we should meditate upon. Look at this. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Did y'all see that? I will, if you're focusing and you're saying, well, what should I be meditating on? Listen, it says right here, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. The Bible also tells us that thy word have I done what? Hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It is this word that is able to help you and to keep you from all type of foolishness. Show me someone who is struggling with just trying to, you know, live a pure life before God, and I'll show you somebody who's not in their word every single day. 
Y'all not going to like me today, but I'm, 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 I'm going to speak the truth anyhow. Flat foot, speak the truth. I'm not going to be scared of how you look at me. I was at home last week. I got a lot to say. Now, now, it's also important to note that even some religious thoughts should be brought out of your mind. So let's talk about this because Paul talks to Timothy about this. Let's, let's flip over to 1 Timothy. I'm, I know I'm breaking all the preaching habits today. <laughs> all the rules are being broken today. One verse, one scripture. I'm, I got about 18 of them for you. So, But listen, 1 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, and let's look at verses 3 and 4. As I, as I urged you when you went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies. Watch this. Which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. You know, you have people that will oftentimes want to get you into disputing different things in the word of God. Well, you know, it was, you know, uh, uh, huh? Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's a big one. Well, you know, it's all right to drink because Jesus turned water into wine. I'm going to stay away from that one, okay? I'm not, not ready to deal with that one today. Or these genealogies, you know. Well, well, you know, he was this, that, you know, he was born to this. I mean, just going on. And I'm, they don't produce any type of godly fruit. Produce no type of godly fruit. Like God wants us to grow and be edified as we grow in this word. I skip over to 2 Timothy. Let me show you something else. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Just one book over. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, verse verse uh, 22. Is it 22? No, 23. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that, <laughs> look at this, that they generate strife. <laughs> now, <clears throat> why would you engage in, 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 in something that generates strife when when he later tells, or when he earlier tells us to follow peace with all men. The Bible even tells us, as we finish out this, this area of see no evil, or think no evil, it, it tells us where not to look. Psalms 101 and verse 3, let me just share this with you before we go a little deeper. 101 verse 3, sounds like a radio station. <laughs> now, this will help you. This will help you. He says, 101 verse 3, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. In other words, whatever is wicked, it should not come before your eyes. It should not come before your eyes. 
what are we dealing with here today? We're dealing with how to establish a pure thought life so that we can grow and mature in the things of God. Because let me tell you something. Anything adverse to this causes us to become stifled in our growth and maturity in the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. So that was think no evil. Now let's talk about this speak no evil. Speak no evil. Jesus says in Matthew 12, 34 and 35, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. The point to all this is simply this. Your words reveal the condition of your heart. Let me say that again. Your words, what you speak, what you say, reveal the condition of your heart. We judge people largely by what they say. What you talking about, Pastor? Okay, I'm, I'll, I'll show you. You know, somebody tells you, I'm going to be there Saturday morning, 10 a.m., to come pick the kids up and take them to the park. All week long, you're telling the kids, he's going to come, pick you up Saturday morning, take you to the park. Kids are getting excited. Is it Saturday yet? Nope, it's Monday. <laughs> Every day they wake up. Nope, it's Thursday. Friday gets here. Tomorrow, it's going to pick you up. 10 o'clock, take you to the park. Saturday morning comes. It's Saturday. When is it coming? It's only 7. It's going to be here at 10. 10 o'clock comes around. Johnny's at the door with his coat on, waiting. Because he said he would come at 10 o'clock, Saturday morning, pick me up, take me to the park. It's 2 o'clock. Johnny's still at the door with his coat on. Something's got to be wrong because he said he'd be here. He said he would be here. You said you would be there. The next week comes around. He ain't no good. Why isn't he any good? Because he said, we judge people largely by what they say. Yeah, the what they do has an impact, but the what they do was only an effect because of what they said. If they had never said they were coming and they don't show up, it don't hurt as bad. But because they said, y'all not saying nothing to me in this place. So that's the reason why, and I mean, and, and, and the Bible, and maybe, we, maybe we'll even get to that if we have enough time. The Bible, Jesus even talks, tells us, he says, listen, don't, don't make oaths, don't swear by heaven 
or, or by the hair on your head. <laughs> you know, people make all these statements. I swear to God. I swear on my mother's grave. Jesus said, listen, if, if you're one of my disciples, just let your yes be yes and let your no be no. You don't have to make all these overarchings, oh, I promise you this. No, if you just say what you say and then do what you said you would do, you don't have to make these overarching over dramatic things or, or gestures or promises. I promise. No, 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 no. Just say, I'll be there. And then, and then after you say you'll be there, guess what? Show up and be there. Thank you. One hand clap in the back. I appreciate you. We listen to their words and then evaluate the attitude that underlines them. The same is true with God. <laughs> The same is true with God. He judges us by our words. Have mercy, Lord. Matthew 12 and 36, Jesus even goes on. He says, but I tell you that men will have to give an account in the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. I'm trying to help you today. I'm trying to help us today because we all got to do better with what we say. Your conversation should now display the change that has happened in your heart since you have accepted Christ into your life. You will talk about good things. You will talk about godly things. Talk about things of peace and happiness and, and even the eternal. The good thing about it is that when your tongue slips, you will sense in your spirit that you've grieved the spirit. I'm talking about when you are really trying and aiming to please God with not just what you think about, but even with what you say. But I'm glad to know that when this happens, we can ask God for forgiveness. You don't have to waste time condemning yourself. You gotta waste time feeling sorry for yourself. If your conversation has hurt somebody else, go immediately and ask for their forgiveness. Why? Because your words are important. Immediately. Choose your words wisely, people of God. And be sure that the words that you speak, you keep them clean. If you've been around me long enough, you know I love the book of James. Let's go to James. James. He's just so full of just wisdom. Let's go to James chapter 3. If you with me, shout amen. 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 James chapter 3, verse 2. 
James begins to describe the perfect man. Uh, let's start at verse 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that you shall receive a stricter judgment. Why in the world did I say yes to this? <laughs> you know, and this really speaks to a whole lot of y'all who, who really want to, you know, you want to be teacher, you want to be head, person in charge, you want to you get up before God's people. Can I just, let me read that again a little, a little bit slower. Let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. See, if you don't like correction, <laughs> and if you don't like discipline, don't sign up to be a teacher. So you think that if I sign up to be a teacher, then I don't have to be corrected because I'm teaching you. Bible tells us that we will have a stricter <laughs> judgment. Verse 2. Let me, let me get back on course. Verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Let's keep on reading. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by the fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and, is not, and, it, and it is set on fire by hell. Watch this, verse 7. For every kind of beast, the bird, beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Watch this. But no man can tame the tongue. For it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father. And with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and curses. My brethren, these things <laughs> ought not be. See, without the help of, 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 of Jesus in our lives, without the help of the Holy Spirit dwelling in our lives, we would tear this world apart. Simply by what we say, by this little thing that flaps in our mouths. Remember that saying that they used to say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but work. that's the biggest lie ever told. Because the truth of the matter is, words do hurt. Words inflict pain. Words can just 
tear someone's self-esteem down. Words can alter how a person views or thinks about themselves. Words are powerful. Words are important. And that's why you got to watch what you say. Watch what you say. We need the help of the Holy Spirit to tame this tongue. I think I mentioned it. Yeah, I did mention it. But let's go to Matthew just so I can show you in Scripture. I, you know, I don't, I don't like saying things. But that, but that was Matthew chapter 5, verse 33 to 37. I, I alluded to it, but let me just go ahead and read it just for your hearing because I never want you to say, you know, what he said, and now I don't point you where it is in Scripture. So let me, let's book it. <laughs> book it. Matthew 5 and 33. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you should not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, this is Jesus saying, do not swear at all, neither by heavens, for that's God's throne, and neither by earth, for that's his footstool. Nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no, for whatever, for whatever is more than these. Watch this. is from the evil one. Paul, throughout so many instances of the New Testament, he begins to talk to us about how we should talk or about our speech. In the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 8, listen to what Paul says. Colossians 3 and 8, he says, but now you yourselves are to put off all of these Look what it says about our speech. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. He says, put off these things. Now that we have, have taken on this life in Christ, put off these, these things because they don't identify with who you are now. They may identify with who you once were, but they don't identify into what I have called you to become. And how many people want to be different? I mean, after Jesus has come into your life, you should be different. There should be a change that has come over you. People should look at how you act on a daily basis at work and they say, man, there's something different about you. How can I be more like you? And, 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 and there's, there's everything biblical about that. Because he says, let your light so shine that men would see your good works. Yeah. 
and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Really, your life should be one big classroom where you're in front of the class and, and it's show and tell day. Let me get up in front of the whole class. Now let me get out of the way and show you my daddy. When we go to the book of Ephesians, Paul picks it up again, talking about, uh, about our speech, talking to, talking to them. Ephesians chapter 4, look at Ephesians 4 and 29. He said, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. I don't know how much more plain we can put this thing, y'all. But what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. You need to really ask yourself, is what I'm saying imparting grace into the lives of the people that are listening to me? Or are the words that I'm speaking sowing seeds of discord, division, hatred, jealousy. Let's stay in Ephesians and let's skip over to, to, to chapter 5. Let's look at verses 18, uh, 17. Uh, verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine in which is uh, I'm sorry, and be not drunk, and, and, and do not be drunk, yes, and do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. I talk about what should be coming out of your mouth. <laughs> giving thanks always. For all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, this is, this is what should be proceeding out of your mouth. When you speak to one another, speaking in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melodies in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things. But so many times in our life today, we don't give thanks always for all things. You know what we're doing? We're complaining. Hey, how you doing? Man, I'm so sick and tired of these people around here. <laughs> Let me tell you what they did and did and done did not down at that church. <laughs> and here you are talking to unbelievers about, about the, the people that you were at, were at one time trying to win them too. Oh, 
We have to watch what we say. Our words should be sprinkled with grace. Seasoned with grace. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? Man, let me give you some insight on Proverbs. Let me give you a little jump start. Watch this. Go to Proverbs 12 and 22. Proverbs 12 and 22. Watch this. Proverbs 12 and 22. Now, we are so quick, you know, to to say this particular sin is an abomination to God. But let me show you this. Proverbs 12 and 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Uh Uh-oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. Lying Lips are an abomination to the Lord. But those who deal truthfully are his delight. So you can no longer say that, you know, that that sin, you know, that's that's an abomination to the Lord. Guess what else is? Well, you're not talking to me, Pastor. Okay, 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 hold on. Let me come down your row. I don't feel like going to work today. Let me call in. Hello? I can't come in today. I feel so... Feel so sick. Ooh, yeah, you stay home so you don't give any of that to us. Oh, okay. Hang up the phone. All right, girl, we're going out today. We're going to go out today. I know what I'm talking about. Line lips. Let me move on because they don't like me today. Think no evil, speak no evil, but show no evil. Show no evil. This last part I I really want to deal with is how do you radiate or, or, or do you show or display the character of God? The character of God. Because I believe the characteristics of a godly person they're really found in, 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 in Galatians chapter 5. <laughs> now y'all got me coughing. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Can I, can I say this? You know, you know, because our words are powerful. Our words are powerful. I remember, I, and this, this is the God honest truth, and this is the reason why I said I'm not going to ever lie on being sick again. I did, I, I was younger, and I didn't want to go to church this particular Sunday. And I told my parents, I said, I don't feel well. I need to stay home. <laughs> and I'm, you know my mama said, no, you go to church. Mama, I'm serious. I don't feel well. I need to stay home. Wasn't nothing wrong with me. 
Well, what was going on was that, was that not only on Saturday mornings at 11, but also on Sunday mornings back in the day, WWF used to come on. And so some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And see, I, and it was going to be a continuation from what Hulk Hogan was dealing with with the Ultimate Warrior from that Saturday onto that Sunday. And so I really wanted to stay home because I really wanted to see what was going to happen between Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior on Sunday that I did not catch everything that was going to happen on that Saturday. So I said I was sick. Do you know? <laughs> I, she, she bought in to what I said, and I got to stay home. Do you know I started feeling real sick? I mean, like, for real, for real? The very thing that I spoke when it wasn't going on in my life, now I started coming on me. Because our words are powerful. I promise you, you go ahead and try to fake that you're sick. Yeah, telling people, I don't feel well, <laughs> you know. And then all of a sudden, guess what? The very thing, all of a sudden, the very thing that you said as a lie that was on you will now start being on you because your words have power. Look at somebody and say, your words have power. So speak life. But look at this. Let's hang out with Paul for a little bit. Where did I say go? Where did I say go? Galatians 5. Galatians 5. Oh, boy. Galatians chapter 5. Uh, let's hang out with Paul. Let's start at verse 16, and let's read on down to maybe 24, 25, and 26. I say then, 5 and 16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I could preach for a whole month just on that. Walk. <laughs> well, that's week one. In the Spirit, week two. Not fulfill. That'll be week three. Lust of the flesh. That'll be week four. I'm telling you, there's so much packed just in that one verse. But listen, verse 17. For the flesh, ooh, boy, this is good. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, there's a war going on. Inside of me. Every single day. Y'all don't even know it. Nuclear bombs are, are, are being, there's a, the weapons of mass destruction being deployed because of my flesh and my spirit. Lord, help me in this place. And these are contrary to one another. So that, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication. You know how you always wonder, God, why do you, why you come so hard after sexual things? Because this thing is real. Half the problem that you probably got in, in in most of your life is because you didn't did some things that you should not have been doing sexually. Ungodly soul ties. Oh, I will come right down your road right now. Bondages. 
This is the reason why he comes so hard. I mean, when, when you start really dealing with him, he comes hard in the paint against sexual sins. Let me go. Um, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentious, jealous, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions. Lord, help me today. Selfish ambitions? Really? Selfish ambitions? You mean the things that I want to do for myself? Yes, because guess, guess what? This life was not meant to be about you and you alone. Everything that God does for you is for you to be able to be a blessing to somebody else. And you wonder why the very thing that you're putting your hand to do with this business or this idea is not successful. Let me tell you something. It's because the very thing that you're doing, you're doing it unto yourself and not unto him. He's trying to get you to understand that, listen, your life was meant to be for his glory. For his glory. Boy, I could hand this microphone all around to some people in this place and they, and, they, and they will stand up here and tell you the fact of what God is doing in my life right now is not because of me. I, I'm doing this for his glory. <sighs> One Sunday, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just take the mic around to some people that I know who got a testimony and, then, and let them tell you. All because of his glory. His selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, uh, reveries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand. Now, now, this is interesting how he says this. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past. In other words, I'm not just telling you now. I told you back then. that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, somebody say but. Oh, I'm so thankful that there's a but in my life. Uh, because there could have been a whole lot of things that I could have been involved in and stuck in. But God saw fit to insert this conjunction. And whatever was in that conjunction wiped out everything that was in my past. And I began to live from my butt. But I know I had a whole lot of things wrong with me before. I know I did a whole lot of wrong things in my life. I know I messed up. I know I didn't have it all together. I know I could have been dead and gone, sleeping in my grave, dead in my sin. But God saw fit to insert a but. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord. I, I, I was young, but now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Anybody in here thankful for that conjunction in your life? So I didn't mean to get all preachy, but something happens to me when I think about the goodness of Jesus. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, <laughs> joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and the flesh's desires. My God. My God. So what have we crucified? The flesh and its passions and desires. (laughs) See, it's one thing to hit them with the rock and the slingshot. Nothing to go back and get that sword and cut that beast's head off. See, we get so concerned about just killing, but God told us to destroy the works of the flesh. Annihilate it. Kill it. Put it to death and make sure it never comes back again. And then Paul, he, it's like he, he continues these threads in various conversations with people. So he picks it up in his letter to Timothy. Turn to 1 Timothy. Two more scriptures and I'm, and, and I'm done. I'm out of here. If you with me, shout amen. amen. Thank you all for rolling with your boy today. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Look at verse 11. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue. So what is a righteous man supposed to pursue? What is a righteous woman supposed to pursue? I'm getting ready to tell you. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Pursue these things. Listen. When you make up in your mind to pursue these godly characteristics, you won't have time for the drama in your life. See, see, see. I know why I only got eight amens, Pastor Eli, because a lot of people love drama. But let me tell you something. The drama that is in your life, it's not causing you any good. It's producing strife. It's producing uh, 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 inconsistencies in your home and among your children and among your life in work. No wonder you can't keep a job because you drama just follow you. All, you know, it's almost like David. Oh, I wish that I had wings of an eagle. I'd fly away and be at rest. Oh, let me just tell you something. The problem with you flying away, you can go to Jamaica, you can go to uh, uh, Turks and Caicos, you can go to, to the, the Dominican Republic. Let me just tell you something. The problem with you flying away to go be at rest somewhere is that you take you with you. And when you take you with you, everything that's connected with you always comes along. But you got to put to death the works of the flesh and its desires and passions. And when you begin to delight yourself in him, He will now give you the desires of your heart. 
So we see Paul picks it up in Timothy, in his letter to Timothy, he's telling Timothy the same thing. Pursue these things. I love it how the Bible is just consistent. In other words, he didn't tell the people in Ephesus one thing and then come back around and tell Timothy to instruct the people they had something totally different. No, he's being consistent. Why? Because God is not a respecter of persons. What works for you, though, though, though we may have different situations, if I can take the same principles of this word and apply it to my life in my situation, it's got to work. It's got to work. Because why? Because God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he not spoken it? Will he not do it? Has he not said it? Will he not make it good? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? There is nothing too hard for our God. One of my favorite scriptures when I was in college, when the Lord began really working on my life and delivering me from all type of foolishness that I was involved in was 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. We even started a Bible study based off of this, this passage of Scripture that was very successful on the college campus. It says, verse, three, verse 18, chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians, Paul says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. Oh, boy. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm being transformed. Oh, I may not be what I want to be, but I'm sure not what I used to be. And I thank God that I'm being transformed. He's changing me from glory to glory. I may not be what, it, what he wants me to be, but every single day I'm becoming more and more like Jesus. I'm walking more and more like him. I'm talking more and more like him. I'm living more and more like him. Why? Because he's transforming me. He's changing me. God is not through with me yet. He's still working on me. I'm a work in progress, but wait, 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 wait one minute, one day in this glorious way. God is going to change me in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. I shall be just like him. But until that day, I'm going to do the work while I'm right down here and continue to allow him to change me, to transform me into the very image of his dear son. Whew, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me get my last one out. First John chapter 1. We've, we've visited this place several times throughout this, this month. Actually, throughout the last couple of months. First John chapter 1, verse 8. Let me tell you why confession is so essential. First John chapter 1. Verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. 
Say this, to thine own self be true. Yeah. You can fool a whole lot of people. You can fool your preacher. You can fool your mama. You can fool your daddy. You can fool your teacher. But let me tell you something. You can't fool yourself and you can't fool God. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful. <laughs> y'all missed y'all place to shout. I don't, I don't know what you're waiting on. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. So why is confession essential for us? It's essential for us because God has bound himself to the promise of forgiving us. Do y'all understand what that means? He has bound himself to the promise of forgiving us. He's, as long as if we confess our sins, he says he will remain faithful and just to forgiving us of our sins. Oh. As long as we confess it, he says, I forgive it. If you say it, I'm going to do it. Now, here's the big one. Because if we're called to be like him, y'all not going to like me in a moment. If we're called to be like him, and if he says, listen, as long as you confess it to me, I forgive you. Then guess what? As we walk in relationship with one another, if someone does us wrong and they come to us and confess it to us, then we too must be bound to forgiving them. In other words, don't hold on to that stuff. Because he didn't hold on to your stuff. Let it go, let it go, can't hold it back anymore, let it go. I'm trying to free somebody because you've been holding on to something and God is saying, won't you just let it go? I've already forgiven you. And, and the word tells us that if we don't forgive our brothers or sisters of their trespasses, then our Father in heaven is not going to forgive us of our trespasses. That's the word. Is it really that serious? Oh, but you don't know, Pastor, that he hurt me. 
I know. But you holding on to it is doing you more harm than it is them. So just let it go. You'll be so much better for it. Come on, stand. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.